Usually when we do these podcasts, we talk with the names, per se. But for a while now, I've been wanting to talk to a band that hasn't necessarily broken through yet, mainly because that's where the real battles are taking place, at least on that level. The bigger bands, usually found on the majors, have a support team above them to help them break through all that clutter and din of too many bands and too many outlets to expose them through. Whereas the smaller bands, of which Aurora Colorado's Fear Before the March of Flames are one, are having to make it on their own more often than not, as their record label increasingly struggles to find a workable business model in a world of digital domination. So in a way, Fear Before the March of Flames can be considered the real thing. A real band out there facing real-world struggles on the road where the day's catch and merch money determines where they'll sleep and even what they'll eat. Formed in 2002, Fear Before the March of Flames developed out of a bunch of friends heavily influenced by the likes of Botch, the Blood Brothers, and Converge. They ran through a couple of guitarists before settling with their current lineup of original members Dave Marion on vocals, Adam Fisher on guitar and vocals, Mike Madruga on bass, along with Zach Hutchings on guitar and Clayton Holyoke on drums. Signing to Equal Vision the following year, the band has released an aggressive series of three EPs and four records since they began their lives as part of the post-hardcore scene, including a self-titled EP in 2002, Odd How People Shake in 2003, the acclaimed Art Damage with the bonus live CD Live at the Epicenter in 2004, the Stop All the Downloading Digital Only EP in 2005, the Always Open Mouth in 2006, another EP, A Little Less Teeth in 2007, and their latest record, Fear Before, featuring the full room, grand scale sounding landscapes of producer Casey Bates. The band did a rather interesting move recently in that they followed one of the major rules of marketing. You go with what your customer perceives you as, and use that to your advantage. With a new record featuring a fresher, more melodic sound for them, including surprisingly comprehensible vocals from singer Marion, it just made a lot of sense to go that extra step and consider something that usually any band would consider to be sure suicide. A name change. Or a name shortening in this case. Thus how and why Fear Before the March of Flames are now just Fear Before. But they could probably explain that best, and that I shall let them do. This is Mike Shea. I want to start off right off the bat with the the the, the ten dollar question that is being asked probably one two three five five six times a night uh, every city you're in, but we we just have to do this um, because there's a lot of people out there that probably won't be able to come see you because of wherever they live. Um, but I remember about ten years or so ago, I remember getting a um, a letter in the mail from Federal Express. And they said, as of blah, blah date, we will no longer be called Federal Express, but FedEx. <laughs> because, and, and they went into this whole page long thing about why they decided to do that. And they said, because our customers call us that. Mm. And at AP, it's the same way. We always just call ourselves Alternative Press. But every single fan of ours would write in and say, AP, AP, AP. So we just, we really kind of pushed the whole idea of AP. So I've read the official press release. Um, yeah. Why you guys dropped before the March of Flames? Um, but why don't we? Is anything got to do with that? Like it's just oh for yeah. sure. I mean, mm -hmm. we from the moment we started the band, P 
people have called us fear, fear before and we we've gone by that like that's been my email address fear before hotmail since day one I literally you're gonna get 10,000 uh, emails now <laughs> fear before at hotmail i will return your email you've really asked for it i'm just telling you right now <laughs> day one i've had that i don't know i've always liked it and uh and i think our fans do too and they're i mean we we are gonna get people who don't like it you know there's people that already have stated like oh you guys had the best band name and i i just don't like it like but my name is david but i'll go by dave you know and i'm still the same guy and we're still the same band and uh just a and, mouthful to say. All right, so you know what? I, I, I totally screwed up, and, so, and, uh, and the listeners of the show, you guys can send me MySpace messages and yell at me. Um, we have not introduced everybody, so nobody knows who the hell is <laughs> <laughs> So, Dave, I think they got you down, yeah, and, yeah, and you, cool. do, you do lead vocals, and you're, and you're one of the main guys, like one of the founders. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Okay. So then why don't we um, want me to start to my left. It won't matter on the, on the air, but why don't you go ahead and um, say My name's Mike, and I play bass. Mm. Uh, I'm Adam, and I play guitar and sing and do samples and all kinds of stuff. This is uh, Dave to the right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here, even though uh, we established that. But yeah, um, I'm having a good time in the middle, right here in between I'm these Goose, dudes. And I play drums. And I'm Zach, and I play guitar. All right, cool. All right, now we're back to normal. So, <laughs> does this mean that my chem should change your name to my chem? They. My chemical romance. They want to be as cool as us. <laughs> <laughs> they they now have been they've, they've now been challenged and or served. I don't know which uh, one. No. Um, no, all respect in the world. But was but let's say, but really I mean it's it's it sounds like something that could, that could be kind of wrapped up in a press release and, and put to the side. But changing I mean like I know the guys in Too Sweet the band out of Chicago so they're kind of like you know Academy is this, you know pop punk emotion uh, and they literally came up with their name just on a whim they didn't even think about it and now they've actually been told by some label people like love the music hate the band name and so they're struggling within themselves about whether or not they should just throw out their whole band name and start all over but they're worried they're worried about their fans aren't going to know who the hell they are they're yeah. worried about starting over so did you guys have any sort of like you know was there a discussion over um, you know vegan pizza or anything where you well, guys kind of all sat there and, and thought worst case scenario about what would happen not really because I don't know. We we have been doing it for six years running, mm-hmm. and um, and it was just it was a lot a lot less talked about than that. It was just kind of <laughs> yeah. it just kind of made sense, you know. It, it was kind of something like this is our fourth record, and uh, and it just kind of makes sense for us, you know. Like we we've been referring to ourselves like that, you yeah, know, for a, a lot long of people time. call us fear before anyway. To me, it's just I don't. I never thought it was that big of a deal. Like I was like, "Oh, that would look cool on a shirt," and that was like one of the original ideas, just do a shirt that said that. And then when it came about to just calling the new record that, I thought it fit. And by no means it are we a different band. It's just a shortening, and I think it's I think it's like just another phase for us. You know, just another chapter. Well, but the, with the new with the new uh, with the new record, which is called Fear Before, am I correct? Right. So it's the band name name of the record, self titled. So, um, you guys have been talking about uh, it was even actually an article AP about the about how you guys feel like you are a different band because you guys have I think the quote was um, you've grown up and um, 
and that you're not the same people you were two years ago, three years ago. And so did that kind of play into it too? It's like not only are you changing, your, your sound has evolved, right. um, but it's also you've evolved so the band name should evolve. Like it was just like a whole package reintroduction. It, it all just kind of came together and made sense in, mm. in that way. Like we have changed a lot. We have like grown up as individuals. The music is now us as a whole as opposed to like, oh, this member's leaving. This, you know, this guy's doing this part and we'll show it to each other and people add here or there this is us as a whole and so it all just kind of came together and then beer before just made sense to I us i think the first time we even thought about it was was when we suggested maybe calling the record fear before with the name fear before the march of flames we just kind of it made sense to just do it you know like to make that step and and we really feel like we're we're in, like, we're just a tighter knit than we've ever been. So we, it just kind of makes sense to to really to bear down and and, I and think, to commit. You know, I think and, there was a there was a comment on a, on one of the message boards online someplace that said that uh, this kid was this this listener was saying um listener this fan was saying uh, I really hope that this is the beginning of a trend to return to regular sized band names. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 never really thought about it. It was. When we started the band, we we were we were young, you know. We like we didn't really have this in mind. We never knew we would be traveling the world and getting to meet all these people. It was a headline in our local paper, and we ran with. Is that it. story true? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very not the, true. It's not no. the the Heyman fires. Your you uncle can, Eddie didn't come up with yeah, it while in the can or something no. like that. That's <laughs> actually that's a real story. So so it was About, it was a wildfire, right? And yeah, yeah. There are these uh, wildfires in Colorado, and um, that was the headline of the paper. Um, it was actually the fear before the March of Flames. Oh, so you guys oh. we <laughs> already had it. Off yeah, <laughs> number two. <laughs> I got it. And so uh, our our crazy friend friend Ross that we were hanging out with, he found that, and we were at the time trying to come up with a name, and he's like, "You guys should really be crazy and try this." And so, ever I remember all of us looking at each other that day and like and. Should we really do this? Is that's it's kind of a crazy name, and we went with it, and I think it's it's done its justice. It, I mean, it's helped us. I really do believe, like in in people getting to know us, because um, the word flame. I mean, if you really want to sit down and take a look from a psychological standpoint, the word flames automatically puts a different, a certain kind of music or attachment or velocity or intensity mm -hmm. to your music on that band once you see it in the paper or online yeah. or something like that. They just there's certain words that do that, you know. Even if you can't remember, you, even if you couldn't remember it, the fact that it was long and you can remember a couple of the, <laughs> and, it, and it's pretty much a full sentence, nouns, which a lot of know? bands don't do that, yeah, you know. So today before tomorrow, I really right? think that it's happening a lot more these days because the short ones are running out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. There's probably a copyright office on band names someplace <laughs> in the U.S. government. I'm sure. But, um, you, and uh, I think. Uh, um, it wasn't the first thing, correct me if I'm wrong again, about going back to uh, the high school days with you guys and the first time. So it was the original band name 36 Flip? <laughs> yeah. Uh, these days. Yeah, that was, that was Mike and I's old, old band, and people love to bring that up. 36 Flip? Yeah. yeah it's like, it's... you played pop punk, I can't listen to your band. It's like, yeah, I did. I was 16, and I... I loved it. <laughs> like, and it was good. That's what we were. <laughs> is, there, is, there, is, there, is there? Is there? Is there? I liked it. Scott and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, is, is there a pure volume page someplace with your music up there? 
Uh, Still, I believe I probably took that down at some point. <laughs> I'm sure somebody put it back That's up. A 36 flip. Every yeah. now and then on tour with certain bands, uh, one of the guys will like slip a 36 flip CD to the other bands, and I'll hear it in their bands. <laughs> Really? Really? Because <laughs> I was a really good singer when I was 16. Like, I'm so happy to be hearing this right now. Right, and now, now all these years on the road, and six years on the road, forget it, right? Yeah. Right, it's too many JD nights. Um, so you guys, um, uh, Aurora, Colorado. Uh, I'm actually from Aurora, Ohio. There's three Auroras in this country, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, there's one in Illinois. Illinois. Illinois, yeah, yeah. And there's... and. Uh, so um, Wayne's World, Wayne's yeah, World. exactly, exactly. And I think to me, Aurora, Colorado, if I'm correct, is like you have to go through Aurora to get to Denver if you're going cross country, right? Um, if you're coming from like the coming from the Plain States, yeah, yeah. If you're coming from Kansas, you'll come yeah, through it. Exactly, exactly. It's a it's just southeast of Denver. It's like 15 minutes, and it's outside. like a competing suburb. I mean, it's like it's it's, it's all a little monster. I mean, they all kind of combine into one greater Denver area, but um, and 303 are from there. Am I correct? Yeah, they're, they're from, from Boulder. 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 Yeah. All right, so that's all right, so it's not even right. They're not even from Aurora. It's not even near. That's Boulder's on the other side of Denver. Yeah, it's kind of like the caddy corner side of the, yeah, yeah. yeah. North, northwest. Are you guys now, <laughs> now do do the original three? You guys, you guys live in Aurora, and then. And then the other two, you guys, are you guys somewhere else? We went. No, we all lived together. We all, oh, lived, we all together lived together. Now. Okay. We went to high school together in Aurora. Right. Um, and uh, started the band after high school. And Smoky then, Hills High School, right? Yeah. yeah. Good research. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Well, I'm supposed to be a journalist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, you can't get you can't learn everything. On what GMC. was my GPA? <laughs> <laughs> Your teacher didn't send it over, but I did get I did get gym class pictures of you trying no. to hit a volleyball. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> So no, but I, what was it? What was it like in, in 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 like those early those early kind of parties? Like like when you guys were first starting to come together? Like what was what would be your weekend consist of? What would be a weekend night with you guys? Like the, to me, like the weekend was what I was waiting for all week long. Like because we'd pretty much always have a show on the weekend, and every day was just building up to that. Every day after school was practice, making sure the set was perfect. Which come the weekend, it never was, but it was like the highlight of like every week of my life and i i mean i can oh, specifically yeah. remember like playing shows in my like chili's uniform just out of high school like <laughs> is that like, where you worked yeah worked i've worked a lot of places really that was, you were doing chili's then that's awesome <laughs> yeah what were something. you doing there what were you doing there i did to go and then they made the mistake of moving <laughs> me to a waiter which is the most awkward waiter <laughs> i yeah, think anyone could get if you if you knew me personally it's the last guy like You'd want serving your food because I'm just like a bumbling idiot when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> he fumbled all the classic lines and yeah, the, all the catchy phrases. There's some get tips. There's a classic story that I've told, but I heard one of the cooler older waiters talking about our special Presidente Margarita, and he's saying to the the customers like. You know, when you pour this into the glass, make sure you hold the lid tight because it tastes better out of the glass than it does off the table. And of course, me, I'm like, bing, like that's my next tip, you know? And so, like, my table, I go up and I'm like, now make sure you hold the lid on real tight when you pour this because it tastes way better off the table than it does out of the glass. And of course, everyone just kind of looks at me like, is this guy. Like, what is wrong with him? So I just kind of smile and walk away. And that pretty much defines my... And thus like, led up to your first performance review. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That uh, defines my... Uh, 
Let's start a band. Let's start a band. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think you pretty much have eliminated your future right there, and, and you know what you got to do. That's yeah. awesome. So, so like, what what did you guys like? Did you guys like all end up at one of your guys one of your houses? And there were certain you know CDs or this music that you kind of consistently put on that were eventually inspired you guys because I think like. You know, you guys have been compared to like Botch and and Converge and things like that. I mean, were those some of the bands you were going? Were there something else going on that a lot of your fans don't realize? We all kind of pulled together. I think we all, from day one, have been listening to so much different stuff that um, there's always been an element of of that. Like one of us would get into Botch and then we'd show each other Botch. One of us would get into Refuse and show each other Refuse. And then it kind of all melded together, you know, even like... We we all love '90s rock. That's mm-hmm. like where that's what we grew up with. We we listened to the radio when we loved the radio, you know, and uh, and that's really kind of helped helped us do what we do today. We still go back and listen to to what our parents got us listening to. Also, and it's like that. I think that's been the most important thing is just keeping it fresh and keeping it keeping it old too. At the mm-hmm. same time, it's like can't can't be burnt out with everything new and and uh and just kind of keep things going and in, in the beginning it was like you would hear influences like botch and we weren't trying to sound like botch we weren't trying to sound like blood brothers we weren't trying to sound like right, anybody right. and we weren't worried about if we did you know it was like very pure just we're coming together bringing our influences having fun and that's i mean to this day that's what it is you know we're not worried about sounding like someone else we're just bringing everything we listen to to the table and, you know, jamming together. So, I mean, Zach and Goose, I'm going to definitely pull you guys into this. I just want to get a little bit more on the background end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But was there, did you guys, was it just a natural progression into touring or was it something where you guys actually had to sit down one night at a Denny's and go, all right, you know, you have that, guys, we've got to take this serious meeting. You know what I mean? We definitely had that. Yeah? Yeah, because... Do you remember the night? Like, what night it was? Or, you know, it was October 12th, 19... Well, I remember the time where I realized, okay, I really have to make a career choice because we were over at our old guitar player's house that Mm -hmm. started the band with us named Matt. Mm -hmm. And I was a full-time student and had like a scholarship and was going to school and doing that full-time and then like doing the band stuff too. And we became really good friends with this band called Anatomy of a Ghost. It's Mm -hmm. John and, and Zach who are now in Portugal. And we played a show with them and they had this DIY tour. They were just starting to tour and came through and we hit it off really well with them. And they're like, you guys should come on tour with us. And everybody looked uh, at each other and, and Matt was willing and like Dave was willing and Adam was willing and Brandon was. And I was like, I have a test on Tuesday, you know, like everybody's, like, <laughs> everybody's like, Oh, quit my job. Let's just do it. And I was like trying to figure out, okay, well maybe, Maybe I can take a certain amount of time off and talk to my professors and stuff, and then. What were you studying? Or was it, were you, what were you? What were you doing? Um, well, I actually. What were you planning to be? I, w- I wanted to do like audio engineering stuff. Oh, cool! All right. And and kind of more of the music industry. So it was like veterinary or right, something like that. So <laughs> no, you, no, you, not you at really plan to stay in the biz. Mm-hmm. You got it. Yeah, but I, I was just in my prerequisite classes. Oh, but, cool! And so that's when you we didn't get out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we didn't go on that tour with them, but we started really thinking like, okay, well, if these guys are giving us an opportunity to do this, we need to. And then so we figured it out and borrowed money for merchandise and actually became a, a real band and had had a van and stuff. And then so that next semester, I just did online classes. Mm-hmm. 
while we were touring and it was awful. And then after that, I just <laughs> sat down with my parents and I was like, I can't do both. I want to do this. I'm young. I can always go back to school. And they're like, you're crazy. You're, you're giving up a scholarship, but. Yeah, I was always afraid of your parents after that. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone was. They, it was. I had to definitely prove myself for about a year and a half there, and we went through a lot of rough times, like getting in car, uh, getting in, getting in car accidents and stuff, and calling my parents like, "Hey, we just wrecked your van on tour." And, uh, hey, I just was bad. flipped the trailer. Yeah, just just flipped the trailer too. Oh well, okay. but yeah, it was a rough beginning. We got in a car accident. On tour, got T-boned by like this minivan. That was after the first car accident. Yeah, too. the first one. We, okay, we let's talk about this. <laughs> All right, <laughs> come on, let's let's hear about the car accidents. Well, I've, the, never, I've never had a band talk about their car accidents. So the, there was one at like a local show, remember? Mm-hmm. And the guy uh, ran a light in a stolen vehicle <laughs> and hit us. Jesus. And like, uh, hit I remember uh, like calling my dad and pretty like upset and teary-eyed and i was like i don't know what we're gonna do like we got in this car accident and then on the phone with them we found the guy's license plate wedged in our bumper and we like started cheering <laughs> we're like yeah yeah and then it didn't matter the cops didn't give a shit so the <laughs> cops didn't give a shit. <laughs> so we you know we had to how did we end up getting we just had left the dent or did we get no it we got it fixed no, got yeah it fixed i think it, the it. bass drum was cracked and we just taped it back together Oh, that's right. The and, clear yeah, yeah. The clear ac- acrylic one. And then... Yeah, so that geez, was the first that one. Was the first and one. that wasn't our fault. Mm. But Was the second one... The second one was me. Trailer, yeah. We recorded our first record in Portland, and we played like a, a Rise showcase, like a, a label show. This and was then, like what, three years ago, because I remember reading about this or some of that, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. It three was, or four years ago? Oh, no, it was, no, like, it was like six. Five or six. Was it really five, five or yeah. Yeah. Right I remember reading about this. Okay, yeah. go ahead. And um, and uh, I was first shift, and I made it from to Legrand, Oregon, and coming from over Portland. some yeah from Portland uh, back to Colorado all the way home after after the show, and uh, I don't even remember getting like tired at all. It was just like that first blink, and I and I woke up halfway off the road in the gravel uh, with the van and trailer and and headed for those, you know, those metal spikes with yeah. the reflectors on them every 30 feet or so. And I, I overcorrected and overcorrected back and forth, fishtailing, still on cruise control. Um, and, uh, and everyone at that moment was asleep at the same time in the van. And that uh, was scary. But I... Uh, I straightened us out but at the very end the trailer tipped over and then we were just in the middle of the highway right next to a cliff too yeah just like worst spot ever like with semi trucks could come over the hill anytime we had to drag because the trailer's so heavy couldn't tip it back had to drag it on its side it was the worst noise i've ever heard is dragging your trailer off this to the side of the road while it's on its side but uh at that time we had everything packed so tight and awesome that nothing was really broken except for Jeez. part of just just, just a, blew a tire and had to duct tape the corner of the trailer. I think it was only like thirty dollars worth of damage. Yeah, Whoa. we got yeah. so lucky. 
Um, so I had to call my parents about that. And it's like, no, the, the, the van's okay. The trailer got messed up. We almost died, but we don't have to like, call the insurance company this time. The third one was the best, though. Wasn't that soon after? That was, that was yeah. Spokane. Did, 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 did your parents start blocking your number by chance? <laughs> the, they just stopped answering. <laughs> Sent me straight to voicemail. <laughs> just like, just call the insurance agent. Yeah. They're going to bother calling. So what was the third one? Now? The next time, we were looking for a marquee. Well, Brandon was looking yeah, while, well, whilst driving, although we had five other people who could be looking. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, your former drummer. Yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, he blew through a red light, and we got T-boned right on the two side doors. And um, the worst part, <laughs> I would say, was the fact that it left the latch for uh, for the door light, so the lights would always be on in the van. <laughs> um <laughs> And oh, drain the man. battery. So we had to pull that fuse. The sad thing about that was that that was the fuse for the music oh, in the van. So for like a couple, two, two tours, I think we did, we had no music. And had to go through the front doors. Yeah, because the, the side ones didn't work. So so what did you do with no music? Think of iPods. Everybody yeah. listened to headphones. I, yeah, yeah. We had discs. Yeah, was disc man. <laughs> we had we had the books of CDs. So after hearing these three stories, Zach and, and Goose being the two new members, do you guys ride in a separate van? <laughs> no, they we take just a ride Civic motorcycles. on tour. You just go on motorcycles. That's, yeah. That's really good in the winters. Um, so so now that when you guys came in, because obviously with every band, there's band members that come and go and come and go, uh, and uh, especially as a band continues to tour on, and some. Usually you found that, like, the, 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 I think that was with Brandon. Didn't he, he, I've read two different stories about why he left, because he was one of the original members. And the one, I guess, was it because he went to go teach? Or is that not that's right? Or told, that's what he wanted to do originally. In he went to school for a little bit, but didn't like that. And then so he went out to New York, to Albany, to work with Equal Vision. Mm. He was doing some promotion stuff for okay, them and okay. art artwork. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So, but usually, you know, when a band keeps going after a while and, there's, and the money isn't rolling, rolling, rolling in, somebody will get tired and want to just stay home and like, you know, I want to, I want to get married and have some kids and mm -hmm. I can't do this out on the road. Um, so when, um, for, both, for, both, for both you guys, um, the, was there something that kind of, um, was there any sort of apprehension to join a band that was already in motion versus maybe starting, like, getting in a band from the ground floor? You know what I mean? It's like there's, like, the pros and cons probably to doing those, either one of you. Um, well, at the time, I wasn't playing music, but I was, I was on tour, and just not being able to play guitar and write music with, with a band was killing me, so mm. I pretty much... Uh, Shuffled my feet and kind of hey, if you guys want to. Oh, I I remember this guitarist. talk very well. <laughs> I love to try. Out did he sometime. did he say it just like that? By the way, he re <laughs> he really did. Like shuffled his feet in the rain in Connecticut and kind of like looked down all sad. I remember it really Look, well. I got this idea. Like, I think I'm pretty good. Can I make, can I make the team? <laughs> make the team. Right. So then it was another tour after that, and by like halfway through that that other tour, it was like oh, yeah. Pack my stuff up and see what happens. I think in Europe we had already planned on stealing you, and mm. it was like the little. Sh -sh -sh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we tried to keep it super hush hush, but one of the other guys on the tour already spilled the beans, so they already knew the whole time. We didn't have to like hide around corners and be real quiet. Uh, like, oh, no, God. no, that was awkward for me because uh, someone had spilled the beans, and mm -hmm. 
one of the guys uh, in Fall of Troy was like, so why aren't you playing the new songs, like the songs from Mouth on this tour? I was like, well, we can't really play them on this tour. Like, I wrote them for two guitar parts, you know. And he's like, well, yeah, but isn't Zach in the band now? And I just sat there for a second. He's like, yeah. He came up to me right after that, and he's like, I think it's really awesome. You're about to be in fear. I'm like, wait a second. How do you know this? Like, just kind of dumbfounded. Was it on the internet before he even told anybody either? Uh, I don't know. We're in pretty Europe. Hush, hush, yeah. Well, you know. Doesn't matter where you are anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and what about you? Like, did you have any sort of? Um, did you get, like kind of go back and forth, or just kind of like go, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This is a no brainer um, to me. I was in another band before that had toured uh, with Zach's recent band, and uh, I don't know. I was just kind of like getting fed up with the certain members in the band, and just wasn't working out very good. And uh, we, I actually played a, a show where Brandon. Uh, address everybody that he was going to quit the band hmm. and so kind of just fell into place so you were right there in the wings at the same show yeah damn just kind of fell into place mm-hmm. fell meant into pl- to be yeah and at that show there was a a guy that was on tour with one of the bands that we were on tour with he's doing merch and he played drums and we were actually like having him jam for us and try it out and and see if he would make the cut and the whole time like Goose was there in another band, so it's pretty wild. You guys are completely lucked out. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So so I guess like the, then the $20 question that may be asked is how have, um, and it's, it's probably, you know, maybe a little bit un, not un, uncomfortable in a bad way to have them in the room while you have to answer this question, but, but how have Zach and Goose changed the band? And not necessarily sonically. I mean, that's probably the easy one. It's... Yeah. It's, it's, you know, psychologically, your mood, the way that you guys react together, the community. Because I know, like, uh, it was one of the, uh, I don't know if it was off of Mouth or if it was off of Art Damage. I think you guys were talking about Mouth. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was that, where you guys said that you had to learn to communicate a lot better than you used to in the studio and talk about what things that you like and don't like and tolerate and give and take. So what did they bring? How did they change the group in that way? Well, with Art Damage, we went down to a four-piece from a five. And um, and just being have, having one guitar um, kind of made it probably easier for Adam. But And then to... And, like have someone come back in and someone that can add as much as Binks does. Zach, if people don't know, we call Zach Binks. But uh <laughs> You um, guys got names for everybody I know, in this group. I know. Yeah, he's like Bush. But uh <laughs> definitely not not like that. I don't think he'd be in the band if he was like Bush. Um but uh I don't know. Just to be able to add as much as as he does, um it it did take a lot of of sacrifice, you know. There's adding those opinions is is hard to do in any respect, let alone writing music, you know. Yeah, they, Ad, Adam and Zach are two completely different guitar players, style wise, mm-hmm. and so. But they complement each other yeah. like so well that it it's it's just awesome. So I don't know. And then Goose Goose is a machine. He's the most solid drummer ever like so it it just kind of it makes things easier you know where as you would think it could be hard 
it, it kind of just smooths out everyone and, and we can all kind of meet on the same page for the first time in a long time, you know, everyone was into it and going into the record, wanting to still be a member when they come out of the record, you know, mm -hmm. not just being wanting to be a part of it because they helped write it and then to leave. But this is us now and this we're looking to the future. We're not nobody's nobody's going through any revolving doors. It's just it just makes sense for for us, you know, it's it's awesome. So, and so any of your friends that like can follow Troy or Portugal or something like that saw you for the first like for the first time after the two of them had joined the band, and they saw you guys live. What did they say to you after the show over beers and stuff? Are they like, man, you guys sound the, blank. the most solid we've ever sounded? Really, really? Like we we've <clears throat> gotten that more more after in the last two years than we ever have. It's it's wow. just yeah, it's, it's consistent. You know, it's wild when we look back at old footage of us playing like all the tempos are so fast it's like everything sped up and, yeah, and, so. and then the slow parts are slow and the fast parts are faster and, and i don't know it's it, it goose is easy to play with it's just it, make, it makes it <laughs> he's fun on the playground i can oh, breathe. never start I, to fight oh, i can thanks, breathe guys. And play. Yeah. i think i think <laughs> i never told this to him before by the way you're driving from toledo to kansas tonight so <laughs> <laughs> i think uh and i, I don't think that like the old way, like of watching us play where it was fast and stuff. It wasn't about like the drummer or the, you know, the rhythm section. Like, I think there's just a vibe. Like, mm. we're always going to have communication problems, but the thing is now we address them. Like, we had a talk the other day. Like, okay, we're not communicating. Oh, yeah, we've had this talk like 50 times in the last six years, but now they come more frequently. We're like, all right, man, I know you're pissed because I did this and you took it this way, but now we address it before it's like, this huge tension and and i think you know we're always going to have communication problems that's how our personalities are but now it's like we don't just let it go like we, we don't, don't sweep just, it under the carpet yeah. we have to deal with it and it's it's part of being a brothers you know we live together when we're on the road and then we come home and we live in the same house together yeah, always together every day so I, I it, it's the only way to make it work it's like we would, no one could ever afford to do any other way. And but it, it, we make it work, and it's it's our lives. Have you guys gotten into that mode yet? Where I've seen this with bands being on the road with some bands in their bus, like going from city to city. And I'll be have been brought in, like told on the side that there's a fight going really? on. There's an <laughs> argument about something within the band, and it's between two members or three members. And but nobody's saying anything. It's all being done via text messages and emails, <laughs> wow. and they can literally be right across the booths from each That's other. That's scary. That makes and, us and, seem and, really. But they're not scary. talking. So I mean, have you guys kind of like have you guys struggled with that? Where you kind of because you know we live in an age where it's easier just to lay into somebody via an email or mm -hmm. via text message and versus doing it in front of. So have you guys kind of struggled with like how to like keep those communication issues you're talking about in the open and deal with them instead of kidding them. Burn into these I th long, drawn out email fights. Yeah, I think back. <laughs> I think back in the day we had that problem where, like, oh, I'm pissed at Dave, so I'm going to talk to you know our manager about it, or I'm going to talk to our mutual friend about it, and it's like that is the worst way, like the absolute worst way, and we don't. That doesn't happen anymore. Now it's mm -hmm. like there may be tension, but it gets resolved within us. We don't drag in other parties to to build alliances, you know, and like. 
we do, we do it between ourselves. Like, and another thing to know is that when Goose and Binks got brought in, it wasn't like oh the, the new guys. It's like everyone's equal here because we're all making the same amount of money, doing the same exact thing, sleeping in this on the same you know shitty floors. Like, we're all equal. So let's all exist in in that manner. And you know, like that that helps the communication too, where it's not like like yeah, no these one, guys no are one's trying the new to guys. No one's trying to puss out of their side of, of, of the work. You know, mm-hmm. we we all load out together. We all, we all, we all do the same shit. So it's we're we're just a family, and we we fight like brothers. You know, and but we we love each other so much. But it's just it's the way to way to live. I can't imagine it any other way. That's awesome. Well, we take two music breaks here on the show. What song and band do you guys think you bring individually to the to the sh- to the band? Mm. That's either tougher. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely uh, like the band that influenced you and it. your style. And what song you think that if you were to sit there and kind of look at us from a music critic standpoint? And they would I think. Go, well, okay. I think like a song like "Refused New Noise" oh, kind of like sums up like a lot of. What we've tried to do is just create something new every time. So I think that's relevant, especially for uh, we're all Refuse fans. I think I can yeah. speak for everyone in saying that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, New Noise is all about like bringing that that change, you know. And we we would love to love to have that be known that that's what one of our main goals are I, so that's I, I I said one so you guys have to say the other because I can't think <laughs> I of can any. address like my two like personally that as soon as as soon as you brought that up the two that came to mind were uh, Counting Crows around here like mm. I can still in my head like picture myself on my bed listening to that cassette reading along thinking it was cool that the songwriter's name was Adam and like <laughs> Just being like, I want to write music. Like that song will always be that song for me. And then uh, another huge song that like I just felt like was a, a huge progress in music and just like astounded me at the time was Analog Boy by RX Bandits. Mm. And that whole record as a whole, I just think pushed things to a new level.
Leah says she's dying Through the door I hear her crying Why, I don't know Round here We always stand up straight Round here Something radiates We came from Nashville With a suitcase in her hand She says she'd like to meet a boy Who looks like Elvis And she walks along the edge Of where the ocean meets the land Just like she's walking on a wire In a circus Parks her car outside of my house and takes her clothes off. Says she's close to understanding Jesus. And she knows she's more than just a little misunderstood. She has trouble acting normal when she's nervous.
funny. Um, I just thought it was kind of interesting that, that you guys, I didn't know you guys were that, like, closely related with Portugal to a certain extent, and, uh, and the fact you guys are on the same level now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, it's awesome. We're we've excited been, We've been waiting for so long for that to happen. Just really nice guys. <laughs> just such nice guys, you know. We, we both started out on Rise Records, too. Like, that's really? how we met. Oh, All wow. three, yeah. uh, his old band, Anatomy, and our band all started <laughs> yeah. on that label. And they're, I'm, I'm from when, Portland, so they, were, that oh, okay. they didn't do that's anything how we for <laughs> The tour that they met Anatomy on, we were on the first half of that, but we ran out of money, so we had to take what little scraps we had left and drive home. So we didn't we didn't make it to Colorado or so we would have been there uh, for uh, some craziness and some ostrich chasing. Ostrich chasing. What's ostrich chasing? Chasing chasing when you ostr- <laughs> illegally <laughs> break on someone's ostrich- farm. <laughs> when ostriches chase you, I should say. Yeah, we couldn't really chase. Well, can't. Okay, I'm from ostrich. Cleveland. I don't know this thing. So explain to me the explain to me the, the rights of the Aztecs here. What, what the hell is this? It's just terrifying. It's you like you, you know, go late actually break you know, into a, you break onto an ostrich we farm. We haven't done it in a long time cuz we were well, we were under age. We wouldn't go to jail for such a thing, but listeners do not do ostrich chasing like fear before does but you know that scene in Jurassic <laughs> Park when all those yeah those the velociraptors or, oh, oh those things yeah yeah just yeah. the in the beginning the of the movie just yeah. running around that's what it's like it's but just like you're the that. vocalist on the mic dude on the mic oh sorry I didn't know we were I didn't know we were already back yeah <laughs> it's, 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 I thought we were just everything uh, uh, you guys have been rolling this whole time yeah, what man <laughs> I thought we were just talking to you. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for the waiting for the drug talk to nail you. On. So, all right. So ostrich chase it. So you actually break into an ostrich farm. Yeah, we yeah. Had, we had hop the fence at like two thirty in the morning, and, and it was about twenty twenty five minutes north. And get close enough for them to run at you, and then book it before <laughs> you die. Because they can actually run pretty damn fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They're known for like being speed. Dance. Yeah. They, and they kick really hard. I got kicked in the back of the leg once, and I had a bruise. That looked like a chicken foot, but <laughs> giant, giant. Yeah. So we were obsessed. With, we were obsessed with ostriches at the early point of our band, and actually, that's why there are ostriches inside the uh, artwork of Auto People Shake. First, found the connection. <laughs> There's the other Wikipedia <laughs> trivia I was trying to find here. That's awesome. All right. So, like, would you guys end up in high school the next day, and, and you guys were all bruised and beat up, and then like, oh, you guys were out ostriches. <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of like sitting around sniffing glue. Is it kind of like the Stephen Glue of Aurora, Colorado. It's, it's a natural maybe. high. Though. It's a natural high. Yeah, it's, I guess it is. Um, so we were kind of talking um, really before we were turning rolling again about just briefly about merch and stuff like that. And um, you know, with the with the rules of the game for being in a band now completely being thrown out the door. Um, what have you, how have you guys had to rethink how you sell merch now? Not necessarily like how you design it, but how you sell it. Are you guys trying to, are you thinking differently about it, like how you present it or how you pitch it or deals you put together, bundle packages, your online versus what you sell at the booth? Are you trying to do? Well, I, think, oh, I was just going to say, I think one thing, especially this tour, like the one thing we've done is try and make the ticket for the show cheaper so kids can actually afford merch, you know, because I'm sure everyone would like to have a shirt. Not, not everyone like a fear before sure but everyone would like to have a everyone who wants show. one we, we would like them to be able to afford it and leave with one and so. we understand gas is expensive like we we really understand that you know so making the shows as cheap as we possibly can so that kids 
can't afford, to, you know, to buy our shirts. Mm. Hmm. So is it, it's, so just out of curiosity, so that maybe your fans can understand, how much more is it costing you to fill up the van gas tank now? It's over twice as much as what it was four years ago when we were touring. So, yeah. so can you we, give can you give your fans like an idea uh, of the co- the amount of money it costs to fill up a tank between so and so city and so and so city? Well, I'd say the average drive we do is about five hours a day, and we spend hundred bucks. bucks. So it's a hundred bucks from show to show just yeah, to get there much. on average. And so, <laughs> I how mean, many... it can be way worse too. And we just did a, a tour in Canada, and they do it by liter, that and the crazy. the it ended up being about six dollars a gallon for Jeez. for gas, and and there's long drives in Canada to do, especially uh, through that midwestern region. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that can eat away at, at any of that profit you think you might be making, you know, when you're like, oh yeah, I think we're doing pretty good, and then you come home and and everyone like can kind of see, look back on all all the costs and receipts and be like wow like yeah gas is is brutal yeah it's just like a different game do you guys have a quota now of like the number of shirts or things you need to sell a night in order to pay to like break even per gig uh, i try not try to not think to about it because <laughs> too much. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a little too sad but um i think the only thing we definitely try to do is just keep expenses at a expenses at a minimum where we're only spending money on gas and food, basically. So the we, more things that your fans bring to the shows for you, for you like food. Oh yeah, that's awesome. like, <laughs> oh, amazing. That's, awesome. that's the best way to do it. Yeah. We right. we um, oftentimes ask um, kids at the show for a place to stay. Um, we we can't stay at hotels anymore. It's just that that takes away too much. I mean, occasionally, like. Uh, on a special night, we would kind of reward ourselves, but it's just, it's not possible to stay in a hotel every night. Something, yeah. too, that's like, uh, I think, I don't think a lot of bands do this, but in the last five years, like, our shirts have always, you know, we haven't jacked up the price. Like, we still mm-hmm. print the same kind of shirts, still use the same kind of shirts, and I think. Some of the shirts are now $12, but most of them are 10 And even so, there's shirts we have on tour you can get for, like, 5 Like, we've never been a band that charges, like, 15 bucks or Like, we just, like, it just doesn't seem fair. Like, though that is what we exist off of, at the same time, like, the, the people coming to shows can't afford it either, you know? I think we'd sell more shirts... For, I don't really think the profit we would make for selling a shirt for $5 more would translate because maybe five of the kids that could have bought a shirt for 10 or 12 bucks couldn't because they didn't have enough, you know. And and we'll, we'll do deals. Like we some sometimes kids are a couple dollars short, but I'd rather them leave with, with something from the show um, than to go home empty-handed because they're a dollar too short. Yeah. You know, it's like... Feel stoked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're in it for them. So, I don't know. It's, it's just... It's something we we need to do to give back. So, explain... So, music fans, I, I would like to believe, and the ones I do talk to online at MySpace stuff and things, um, when we talk about the whole downloading 
thing and stealing music and paying for it and so forth. The, the real fans of music out there, and especially the real fans of particular bands, they do want to support the bands financially. They do. They just don't want to... It seems as though there's this reaction against paying the man, so to speak. So if they think it's going to some corporate guy in New York, they're going to be more prone to steal. But if they think it's actually going to go into Dave's and the band's pockets to yeah. get gas money, they'll be more willing to pay for it. So just out of curiosity, maybe explain it to your fans and to listeners... If if a fan wanted to make sure that you were making the m most money on the back end from when they bought music, what for which way avenue would be that way? Would it be going to the merch booth and paying you guys right there at the show for the CD, or would it be downloading it on Amazon and iTunes, or would it be buying it at Fye stores or Virgin? Do you know? I always get stoked when kids get an album at the show. But, I mean, I don't know. I just, I appreciate anyone that comes. Yeah, it's definitely buying it straight from us at the show. And, like, right now, we have the new album for pre-sale. Hmm. And so we have these cool cards that Equal Vision gave us, and you, you buy it. You buy the album. We're not physically handing it over to you. We give you this card with this, uh, this code on it, mm -hmm. and then you just go online to the website Fill out your info, put in your code, and you get the CD in the mail a week before it comes out. Okay. And so cool. um, Equal Vision is hooking us up with that, and we just have to pay them for what it costed, like for printing the, the album and the mm -hmm. shipment, and everything else goes straight to us. And so that's not going through any distributors. That's mm -hmm. just we're giving you the, the album, and it's getting sent to you. It's that simple. We're not having to pay a bunch of middlemen about it. So would you say that would be in general that if your fans want to support the band financially <clears throat> and make sure that you guys got money to, to tour and to be able to eat and survive, that to come to your shows and buy as much stuff possible at your mooch booth is the best way mm -hmm. to do that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't want people to be afraid of getting an album any way they can. Like, There's something awesome about going to a store and getting getting things <clears throat> when they come out. Like, yeah. I for me, a music fan, sometimes there's a band coming to town and and I I want to be able to to hear that that new record and know what to what to expect and and I I don't know, there's something about about opening up that CD that you get that day it comes out. It's still really special to me. I've been doing it since I was a kid and I can't afford it like I used to like but uh I I I still find a lot of enjoyment in in buying music, but hmm. um, I don't know. It's just a different world these days. You know, there was uh, you guys. I don't know if you uh, uh, like we were saying this morning about um, about some of this other news has been coming out today. The uh, sometimes when you're on the road, you go into these news blackouts and you don't know what's going on around the world. And, and did you hear about um, Metallica? And um, uh, they were playing a gig just last week in England. And the audience was holding up the cell phones and recording the, you know, the bit. And, uh, and Hannah um, turned to the audience and said, put away your cell phones. Stop filming this. You know, you don't have to call your mom during this. Um, why don't you just enjoy the music and, you know, and cut that out? And um, kind of continuing this whole, you know, the thing that they've really been like anti-everything. Yeah. Anything um, new. Yeah. And... and um, uh, I was Craig um, 
Owens and I were talking last week, and we were, I was, they played a new song in Kentucky, and it ended up on YouTube. And um, he made a comment. He's like, you know, I don't care if they put it up on YouTube. It just I don't want them to put it up when I'm sounding crappy. <laughs> so it's like, so like, what are your guys like when you're at a show and you see it's very hard now? I, we get so many photographs at AP from you know uh, some of our new photographers at live shows, and the, the first three, four rows at the bottom of every shot are all these cell phone images. Right. And so it's like, what are your guys' feelings on that? I mean, do you find like now you're actually performing for twice as large an audience? <laughs> I mean, I I think. Um, a lot, of, a lot of the technology, <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of those videos do suck. Um, the sound quality, it might just be like, like yeah, just static. Yeah. And I don't understand. I don't understand why so much of that stuff gets loaded up. Um, but I don't know. I, uh, you, it's a new you, way it is. It's yeah. I mean. All publicity is good, I think. Yeah. Well, so, I, 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 I if think, people are watching it, you know, you're doing yeah. something, right? So. I think it's funny that like one of the biggest, richest bands in the world still takes the time to complain about that shit when we can sit here and be like, well, it's inevitable. you know. Like, But they would probably look at you guys and say, you're defeatist. Yeah. Because you guys deserve to get paid for every single thing you do. So if we as Metallica or Oasis or whoever aren't the ones up here saying it versus like maybe a Jeff Rickley who's going out and telling people download it for free I don't care yeah. you know it's like is it really a generational gap you guys think or do you think it's like one group is being or is it really one's too litigious I and think, the other one's too defeatist I think they're still bitter like they they were kind of Metallica I should say was kind of the first band that should have had a enormous record be spoiled by something like Napster which I mean, it's happened billions of times afterwards, right. but the fact that they were like one of the first ones to really feel it, I think it's still yeah. it's still a yeah. pain in their ass, yeah. you know. They're still yeah. like they're they're fighting it, you know. And it, and and I don't think it's hurting them at all, and I think they're they don't realize that. Yeah. It's just kind of like they're kicking a dead horse, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just they need to to realize it what year it is and i don't know i think that they're still massive and they have nothing to complain about yeah, yeah there's nothing and, you could do about it and in, in comparison like with our band versus metallica it's a big gap, but <laughs> fear we, before versus metallica you heard it here first <laughs> but uh, we operate on a completely different level than them you know we we email back and forth with kids and talk to them online and everything and we see that you can get your music out there easily through the internet and then you can like make better connections with people and gain more fans and make it more intimate and Metallica has just seen the numbers you know and it's like well you should have sold 50 million and you're only at 10 million and I'm sure they're they have hundreds of people that work for them Telling them that, like, hey, you know, you got to fight this as much as you can because I'm about to lose my job because your band isn't racking in enough, you know? And I think that's a lot of the reason why they're trying to make a stance against it. And It's a very different budget. Yeah, exactly. You guys had a great quote that was actually in AP. Um, And um, where is this quote? Because I do want to read it verbatim. Um, Adam, you had said it. Uh, a lot of bands have lost sight of music being an art form. And is that, do you think, maybe part of the issue here with that? Is that 
bands today, because of downloading, are now being forced to kind of see it more for the, the beauty that the music is supposed to be about, and not necessarily the business I th- the music is supposed to be about. I think for me, like, I never want to sound pretentious, be like, I'm an artist, because I, <laughs> I would never say that. But I think even just talking about the Metallica stuff, personally, I still feel lucky for what I get to do, and... I honestly believe what comes around goes around. It's a, you know, a simple hmm. way of thinking and you know, like I'm still here, still being able to do this whether I'm scraping by or not, like whether I have to, you know, I'm eating filet mignon or Taco Bell. It's like I still get to do this. I don't I can't complain about like, you know, YouTube videos or downloading like what happens happens and if you just go out and enjoy it then you know, as I honestly believe what comes around goes around, and you know the focus should be on music. Like we wouldn't still be doing this, you know, if we didn't think it was a pure thing for us. And you know, like whether we are rich or poor from this, if we want to keep writing music together, we're we're gonna do it. Hmm. You know? And thing is about like may, the video quality or sound quality may be really bad, but. Somebody huge, liked it. huge, huge bands get to do world tours. Like we've never been to Japan or been to Australia, and hmm. if they go on YouTube and get to see us that way and get stoked and write us and leave us like MySpace comments, like please come here, please come here. Like we're trying. Yeah, hope you have a. Pl- I hope you have a floor I can stay on. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we're just a band that has never felt like we deserved it, like anything other than what we have. You know, so. Download it or not, like, you know, s- steal it, and I put that in quotes, or not, like, we we have what we have, and that's what we deserve, I guess. Hmm. So, now, now um, Goose and Binks, I feel uncomfortable, <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, um, you calling you those names, uh, the, uh, I feel like I'm talking to MTV characters, um, uh, the, you guys were on A Little Less Teeth? Were you guys already on that recording, or were you, is that, were you, or is this really the first record that you guys are fully on? We were uh, on. A little I was on too. mouth. Are you, all right, are you? Oh, you were on that one too. Okay, all right, all right. I'm getting my ears messed up here. Okay, so um, let's talk about this new record. Um, and uh, but but I want to do another music break, and then we'll talk about the new record and like everything that's going on with it. Um, give me uh, two songs on this new record that you think uh, epito- you know just epitomize the the what you would feel like this this new sound like this new phase this new um stage for you guys i think we'd all the first song that we would say would be fear before it doesn't listen to people like i think that's pretty unanimous um it's definitely one of the songs that just it came to us all together in a room together it happened like we didn't Mm. force it Mm. it was just like ideas flowing and it just turned into something really cool that you know i didn't even know it was that cool until it was all recorded i was like wow this is a a really neat song Mm. um and then i guess personally i would say one that shines through as a song that could have been easily kicked out the door that we could have given up on but you know really spent a lot of time working on it turned out to be one of my personal favorites is uh get your life together and i think that really shines as a song that is really, really epitomizes what we are now. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. That was the most work for the last song we finished. Yeah, and the last song um, that we finished recording. Um, but 
Uh, it couldn't have a, a ended any better. It definitely would have never been on mouth. Like we never would have been able to get to a point of agreeing. Like, like it, it never would have made mouth. And it, it just that just goes to show like who we are now and and what we're capable of now. Because it, didn't I read it? It may have been an AP in the in the studio piece. Um, uh, was the fact that you guys had written this record because something to do with live. Like you guys wanted to be able to either play something fun live or that was easier to play live or it was easier to take from the studio and put on the stage live. It was something just to have fun live. Okay. Like yeah. we wanted them to be like rockers. Well, there's songs on mouth that are my, some of my favorites. They're not the ones that people can really like sing along and get into and ones that, you know, we can rock out to. And it's not to say we'll never do songs like that again, but the way we were feeling for this record was let's do something that's fun, you know, that people will feel the energy and really get into.
before I forget, because um, this is kind of a sideball question, before we talk about the, the new record and everything, um, I've always kind of wondered about this. You guys were saying before about that you stay at people's houses. Um, if you were going to give advice to somebody that's going to invite a band over to their house to stay the night, what Pick your be? bands wisely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Make sure that uh, you can you have an idea about the kind of people they are <laughs> and what what their intentions are. I don't know. Wait, what's like, that mean? Like hide hide all small animals? Or well, <laughs> oh, crazy. I don't know your bands you're thinking of. <laughs> Um, no, I don't know. I think I think it has a lot to do on on uh, I don't know, just the kind of people they are. I think you can kind of tell. All right, but, so what happened? You're setting up something. Uh, no, there's I, an elephant in the room. I mean, talking about. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, you don't have to give me the city and the state. Like party party band. Like I, yeah, if okay. you want, if you want to party, um, you should have Make a party sure house and party. you're down to party. <laughs> yeah. um, I've seen houses that like that say it's like a quiet place and then we show up and they already have a party and when we're I would like to sleep sometimes so I like to party but sometimes I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking for a corner to roll yeah. my my blankets out and crash out but um I don't know you, you it's always it's always a roll of the dice you never know what you're going to get like when you go to somebody's house and but it's I think for people uh, who want to host bands though yeah like it, it helps sure us out you know, more than anything like what that band's intentions are like more often than not i would like to go find a nice clean carpet spot maybe have some internet and like just relax you know and but not all bands are like that so. <laughs> should there be a little bit of a q a session before you the band yeah, like, yeah. Might not be a bad over, idea. like you know like okay uh, Do you, know, you have a, a shower? Okay. <laughs> right, right, okay. Definitely. Yeah, showers are important. Got it. Um, are you any of you, so anybody is there fans of yours that are thinking about inviting you guys over? Are any of you guys allergic to pets? I'm allergic to cats. Okay, so anybody with cats, you're out. You're gone. No, <laughs> I, I stay at places with cats, but um, but it it wrecks me. <laughs> but we all do love dogs very much. Yeah, yes. we, we're all anybody dog with lovers. Dogs is okay. So did you guys ever stay at somebody's house and like one of the parents, like if it was like younger, like one of the parents did not know a band was in the house? Yeah, yep. last tour. happens <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Yeah. What, were you guys all crammed in one bedroom or what? Uh, we were in a barn upstairs. And on <laughs> this particular tour, we had a, all three of our dogs on. And we were with another band who had a dog. And I woke up to the mom going, don't let her in. And she was talking about her dog. Don't let her in. That dog's going to eat her, pointing to my dog. <laughs> like, no, Scout's not going to eat her. Like, who are you? And then I heard her yelling at her daughter, and then there was tears and an early, early awakening. I was just trying to get the hell like out of our house. Still. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the setup for that basically was she had let the band we were on tour with stay there before, and that night when we were playing there again, she was being nice and was like, yeah, you guys can stay with me and then had left. And so the, the deal, the deal <laughs> okay. didn't really go through. It's I think better. she just like was trying to be nice and say, well, yeah, let's, maybe you guys can do that again. And so one of the guys from that band was like, yeah, she said it's okay. And I, th I think I remember where she lives. You guys should come too. 
we show up and she starts crying. <laughs> yeah. Like 12 band members showing up at her house and yeah. mom yeah. Yeah. in the morning and like, yeah. what the hell? She knew that doom was impending. And <laughs> I have to say, I cannot blame parents. Like, if I was a parent, put myself in those shoes and I had a, you know, a daughter or a son and walked into a bunch of like stinky 20-something men with four dogs sleeping in my barn, I'd be a little upset too. <laughs> that was fun, so though. please ask your parents <laughs> yeah, nicely. Please. But what, <laughs> what about what about no, it's just it's, <laughs> sorry, this is good. This is good stuff. Um, what about the other end where you had that mother or that or that aunt or whoever you were staying with that just like went above and beyond for you guys? It like cooked you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, that's man. that's the best oh. reward ever. When you're not ex- you're never expecting it too, but that home cooked meal is few and far between. And uh, all those kids that get that every night, please, please appreciate that. Don't talk back to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's parenting time with yes. you before. <laughs> Call 1-800. Respect your elders. You have no idea how good that, that meal sounds to us that you get every night. So, all right. So now this new record with the new name and, and, and uh, the uh, I think the quote was... Uh, where do we see here? Where's my quote? Where's my quote? Where's my quote? Um, that the vocals uh, are this, the vocals are more concentrated on this time than any of the previous records. Like, and when you listen to it, I like, you know, okay, I'm a little bit older, but I can now decipher the lyrics. <laughs> um, so, has has that already kind of caused? I mean, if you listen to the previous work. Um, though you guys, I'm tell, I, I'm sure you can, you know the differences between all the different the, the records and the EPs that you've done. And but if you kind of listen collectively as a whole, it kind of you can tell it's beer before the bunch of flames. It's them, but with this one, it's very, it's not, it's not completely different, but it's definitely a more clearer sound. It's, it's, and it's a lot more full. It's a lot more, uh, I think, orchestrated in a, in, a, in that Casey mm-hmm. Bates kind of yeah, way, you know, yeah, where he yeah. kind of pulls, makes everything a grand yeah. opera, you know? And um, <clears throat> so was there, have you kind of had fan reaction back, like, about it so far? Is it, is it like... It's you, been really positive so really? far, and we've been playing some new songs on the tour, and I haven't heard anything bad yet, and it's been, it's been great. Like, yeah, kids are really good indicator. Too. Last night, um, our buddy Levi, who's the merch guy for mm-hmm. I Am The Ocean, he rode with us, and he hasn't heard the album at all, but he's heard us play a couple of the new songs. And we played in the new album, and we got to one of the tracks that we played every night, and he was singing all the lyrics, like, almost spot on. It's like, wow, that's that's that feels great, you know, to wow. that we're... Yeah. After like a week and a half, he's already got it solidified, you know. Damn. So what caused the change in the vocals? Like, what... What made you want to change your style, I guess, in yeah, a certain extent? Actually, I've been wondering that, too. Oh. Well, okay. Now it's going to I don't know. Why I, didn't you shut the band door last night? <laughs> I think that uh, that we've... The fact that we've always said we wanted to write a new record um, is something that, that we all we all collectively want to stick to, and, and I really felt like I had to... I had to be the one to to really push myself, cause um, cause uh, I didn't think I could do it, you know. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I I would freak out listening to a song, and just to be like, I don't I don't really know where I fit in, but but to really make it my own. And I I love so much music that I really 
I felt like I had my inspiration there enough to to tackle it and to really to really try, you know, like I've never I've never tried to, to write my own melodies that for a whole song to just go for it and then to really have the confidence to go in and and try to record it. And I really think it had so much to do with Casey Bates. I mean, it, really? like, um we we did the last record mouth with him and um and he made me feel comfortable enough to try a lot on that record and then to go back in and to this is the first time we've gone back to to a producer hmm. um now, for he a second time it and I didn't Bobby Darling produce it he did went? yeah he did okay. on okay. mouth yeah okay. just on mouth on the just new, on mouth right okay yeah Casey yeah. did the whole thing this time okay um and uh I learned a lot in the first time and then to come back and to really, really feel comfortable around him. And I do all my vocals um, in the main room with him mm. right there. And, and I really like connect with, with that and just feel way more comfortable than, than uh, being in a separate room or closed off or, and not really feeling any vibes. But he, he's a great coach and, and, uh, and, and not afraid to... to Tell me to to do better, you know, and uh, and doesn't do it in a in a harsh way. I gave you that confidence. Yeah, yeah. But was, but was it something that you just got tired of singing the way uh, that you were before? Yeah, and, and it's hard, like uh, on tour every day, um, and and to just be like yelling my hardest. Um, and it's it's so much fun to sing. Like I I don't know I don't know how. Yeah, it's good to sing along to you. Like it's fun to sing along. To it, it was a really fun challenge, and uh, I'm, I can't wait for people to hear. Did you guys ever it. have a moment in the studio where maybe after you've laid down the vocals, and uh, and you started listening to it, and and we're like, did everybody kind of go, all right, this is definitely different? And there's that moment of doubt. We're like, we were doing a couple. Should we be doing this? <laughs> you yeah. know, stick with what you know. I think like the perfect, like the the moment that we really realized, oh, this is what Dave is gonna do like uh -huh. we were demoing in our practice room and we did one song and i'd written the melodies for it and david sang them and it sounded awesome mm -hmm. and uh the next song was done and we did all the instruments and kind of pestered dave i was like do you need my help like do you, what do you have ideas do you want me to do anything on this He's like no no i kind of have it i know, stalled I for stuff. a really long time really? like let a couple weeks go by and like, um, <laughs> not, scared to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, it makes sense. I mean, it's you know, I I, I, I would love understand. to be able to just record it myself, and but I don't know. It was it was uh, it took it took a lot of courage to like do it, but I felt comfortable pretty soon, and and it kind of changed. It opened the door to a lot more things. Like after the first song was done, uh, I wasn't is afraid anymore and, awesome. I, and I kept everybody, going you know? I think everybody came up and listened to it and was just like wow like and the thing I is I expect that you know it was a song that could have gone any like any way like uh -huh. it wasn't like oh you could sing or you could scream you could do whatever so we didn't know what to expect and Dave did his thing and like we got called up to hear it by our friend who was recording and hmm. I just remember all of us looking at each other like Holy shit! <laughs> really? This is wow. Like so, because of his vocals changing and the way that he's he's presenting the, the song on stage, how how has it changed each of you the way that you play? I mean, do you have to now because he's not screaming anymore? So is it is it kind of bringing down your you know your intensity as well? 
No, it's the same. <clears throat> at least, at least I feel it's the same sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the energy's all... still the same on the stage for you. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, just as far as like having a really good, positive, fun, jumping around, you know. It's all. It's. I mean, as far as I've been in the band, it's, it's the most energetic been... stuff we've done in a long time. Like hmm. in, yeah, it's just it's a lot smoother. Uh, it just feels it feels listen, natural. Your stuff, I mean, all the earlier stuff. It's energetic. I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's yeah. in your face. Yeah. So and there's a reason why you know you're kind of born out of the inspiration of the Blood Brothers. It's there. You know. Yeah. So to kind of have you say it's our most energetic. I'm like. Really? Because well, I mean, it's, it's smooth, just energetic. I, 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 smoother would be it. Smoother? Like, smoother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It, it's more sing, sing along and, and catchier than anything. And with, for me, with the live shows, with the new songs we've been playing, the vocals are so catchy and like the center of the song that I actually listen to where we are in the song from the vocals and know what part's coming up and what to play, which is the first time that we've ever performed where I've actually, the vocals have mattered, you know? I usually just like have them out of the monitor and and listen to the drums, but with the new stuff, they're so, they're just crucial almost. Hmm. Definitely like in writing, like after hearing Dave like do that song and and sing, like I kind of like would leave like room open for like his vocals, like, well, what would what what would he do over that? Like, okay, instead of that's like, what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I wasn't afraid to do like rock, like more like rock parts, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm not worried that Dave can't do something here, you know. Like, so it is kind of in a way, it is changing the way you guys are. Yeah, performing. it, it kind of opens things up and and lets it. it the music can breathe a lot more now. Hmm. So, just a couple more questions, and and we'll be done here. Um, you know, one of the things I've always been kind of curious about, and I've been talking to editors about this, is um, when this band walks into the studio thinking, this is the kind of record we're going to do, and then they leave and it has a, what differences there were. So when you went in with this one with Casey, what did you plan to walk in with? And, and kind of like, this is what, what was your objective going in, and then what did you end up coming out with that you didn't expect? I think, well, we still went in, and like I said, I was stalling on some vocal stuff. And I still was, like, I still had songs that... That I was finishing, and, and Adam finished vocals on one of them in there too. And I don't know. I think I think every song got a little bit more a, a, that finishing touch, you know, that extra love and care that we were able to give every song to make it stand out. Um, really, really makes the whole record come together. Uh, it, there was there were certain songs that felt like they needed a little bit more work, and we were able to do that because we had enough time, and uh, we did everything like with we we had a lot more time we could have had um, in the studio, and we just didn't need it. Like it, it was the first time we've ever done that, and not really stressed out and freaked out about finishing it, and um, and it was able we were able to. Rather than use up a bunch of time and, and go back home, we were able to to record for up in Seattle for the month, and then we went straight on. We started a tour, a Canadian tour, right after that. So wow. okay. it was fun to get right back on the road after that, rather than having to come home and wait. So we uh, we played a majority of the songs before we left to go record too, which was completely different from Mouth. We uh, mm-hmm. we had never played the songs before oh, wow. going to record Mouth, so. 
that was kind of nice to have at least it, uh, you a, learn a lot about a solidified a sort of feeling you know? plus you walked into the studio already knowing yeah. what the heck you were gonna mm-hmm. do yeah for the most part so then it was just a matter of casey's the producer sitting down and, and, re, and working on the interpretation of uh-huh. that and, and, and then trying out the little fun things was there any song the... that's ended up on the final record that was the bitch song to do that like it was just you don't like that song it's like you kind of like you, you you don't know how the hell you pass the test Get, get your, your life, life together. together. Yeah, that was... That, <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, apropos, uh, apropos title. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, why was that one the problem one? It, it was just all over the place. Yeah, we... It just... There was just one little thing that just wasn't making the song click, and, and Casey saw it right right off the bat and, and was able to, to really break it all down and find out why it was like that. And... and uh, and it it sounds so good now, and that we're we're so happy, and I don't know, it was a great relief, and now one of my favorite songs on the whole record. So. Yeah, but we had to change the structure and like the key, and it was a notes. big dynamic ish. There was like little to no path, you know, hmm. not enough down and time before big. It didn't have a natural and, flow to it at yeah. all, no. and it wasn't like Casey was like, okay, we're doing this, this, and this. He would like Dave said, break it down. And be like, okay, Adam, I want you to go like really listen to this, think about this key, you know, like, and you know, and with all of us, get us to do different things. It's like he didn't say, okay, we're doing this, yeah. we're, we're using these chords. Like he's like, write a melody based out of these chords, you know, and then it'll be in the key. But it's not like we use those chords, you know. Like he, he just messed with it and cared enough because mm-hmm. he really, well, yeah. Does any other care. producer could have just let that on the record and. um and we're lucky enough that that uh, he he loved what we were doing, and uh, and he believes in the record just as much as we do, and that was the, that was key. Hmm. Like that, that's what made it this record so special. It's funny to see what some of the the, the controversies online are in the internet world, but there seems to be like there, there's been one that I've read on several different message boards um, and community websites where um, this whole dispute about not dispute, but this complaint about the song on the bright side, she could choke not being performed enough on stage. Um, and is there one song, I guess, on this record that you we, guys will we now with? We now have played it. You've now, yeah, I saw that. It was finally played. But up until that point, it's like this big complaint within like, yeah, a certain yeah. group of your fans. First you time played. in five years or six, uh, six years. Yeah. Six years. So is there a song on this particular record you guys will probably never play live because it's just a studio song? I hope not. No. No? No. Right, no. like that. No. I don't, no, I think we'll... we'll okay, so the final question that. is, and I know that your fans are probably wondering about this, but... Um, and maybe it has been announced, and I have just missed it on the Equal Vision press releases or, or up, upcoming listings. What's going on with this DVD? <laughs> there's, a, there's a documentary DVD, I believe. F- yeah, FI. Oh. Absolute Future, Absolute Past is the name of it, or has it changed? Well, we had this guy film all our buddy. Film, <laughs> this is already starting up. Yeah. I can tell where this is going. All okay. this footage. Like four months of footage. Just in the like, studio, touring three, up to three, the studio. Three months, three months. Sorry. And okay. he disappeared. And then, oh, with the uh, footage. Yeah, and then... Oh, even better. I think t- a year and a half... Check eBay? year and a half later, we found it. <laughs> and then someone, and I'm he will remain completely nameless... Oh, this is even getting juicy. Uh, had the tapes. And claims, the video camera. He gave them back to us. He did not... Like that, we know. Like we've searched our whole house. He never gave them back, and they are gone. So it's a mystery. Cursed. Anybody that tries to put together <clears throat> the DVD ends up 
just There's bailing a, there, out. Completely. We have that trailer that's on like the the extras on the on the last record, and uh, it, it would have been cool. Oh, you yeah. guys are like the king we were, we were, of, we of were a, DVD. We were a mess too. It we were. was like forty <laughs> or fifty tapes full oh, yeah. of footage. So all right, fans. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for these. <laughs> Yeah. They're out there. Not any time. Part of me, part of me is glad it never got made because looking back, like, I just think we're. A, I don't want to say better. It's the wrong word, but we're just like happier more, people happier. in in a much better place, and uh, we were ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't having a good time with life back then. Yeah. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck with this record. And you guys got uh, this is a 49 city tour. If I'm the third or fourth time we've now yeah. said this. Eight weeks of everywhere. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> That's a lot of floors. Yeah. That's a lot of mom's floors. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope none of them involve shotguns. So, <laughs> best of luck Me to you guys. Me too. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you uh, in this studio, maybe doing an acoustic session sometime in the future. Be awesome. Totally. Awesome. awesome. Good. Love to. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. AP Podcasts are recorded at Lava Room Recording Studio in Cleveland, Ohio, a New York City quality studio at Cleveland Prices. Check out www.lavaroomrecording.com. For more information on Alternative Press Magazine, go to www.altpress.com. The podcast engineer is John Walsh. Post-production assistance from Rob Tenzi. I'm Mike Shea, and this is all my fault. You can reach me directly at www.myspace.com slash Mike Shea AP. That's S-H-E-A like the stadium, AP. 